1: Jax, what's up, dude? What up, man? How are you? I'm good. How you doing?
0: Doing good. Can't complain. It's been a, a fun uh, last week. I don't know. I, I feel like
1: things are going last, really well. Last week, well, because we had, you know, we had a uh, we had Dogface, we had Larsa, which was just insane. Uh, the Larsa response, you know, if you haven't, if you're just listening to now, thank you guys for first joining us. Uh, uh, just you listen back to some of our older podcasts. I mean, we've had a lot of good people on the show. We've had, you know, the situation, we have Kristen Doty, we had Brian Austin Green, but recently we had a podcast with Larsa Pippen that made a lot of news and it's crazy how much pickup it got.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, it went everywhere. What I, what I was thinking about that I, I want to push people to go listen to. Is our Annalyn McCord episode. I
1: am Great so, episode.
0: I am. I have kicked myself for the last, I don't know, nine months or year, however long ago, we posted that episode. Well, the double episode. It was so interesting. It was so good. She revealed a lot about just her childhood and the crap she went through and abuse and all this stuff. And I felt like we released it at a time where our podcast was in a really weird place and we we didn't get to like maximize on it like it should have and we didn't get we didn't get to push people there like we should have um and i we might it have makes to re-release me, that yeah and it makes me sad that like people didn't get to hear her being so open and honest and it's like i really do want to re-release it but that it feels weird to re-release something so like if you guys have time go listen to it it was such a good episode
1: It might be something we need to consider uh, Because it was We You know We tried to do these Podcasts uh, And make it just do Like a one hour type thing But that went for like two hours Made it a two episode thing Because there was so much From talking about we her life stop. We Then stop also talk about her. Hollywood And she was just so cool And I got to know her a little bit And she's uh, I went out to dinner one night With her And she was just really cool Really chill Really fun And just like Interesting Honest And it made you feel I don't know if I had An impression of her but I've seen what maybe when we used to cover her a lot in the news that I was like, man, like maybe like I think everyone has her wrong. You know, and I've seen her around people. She's good to people. She's good to fans. She makes people have a good experience with her. She's she's just awesome.
0: I, I You know, I don't get a lot. So that was one episode, though, that like my mom wrote me. She like texted me and she was like, Dax, that was a really good episode. Like the, the, just the, the stuff she talked about. The, the nightmares she lived through, my mom wow. was like really impressed with that episode. I was like, hey, <laughs> I got my mom impressed. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, can we talk about the Larsa Pippen episode and one person who kind of talked about? Can we can we yeah, get into this? What do you want to say? So there was another show that, uh, it, it, there was another show, Who Weekly, that made some comments about our thing. Who Weekly, you know. And it's, it, they, let, let me
0: preface this by saying, I'm actually like a fan of Who Weekly, and they have been like the big show in our category. So like for me to see that they like did a an a, a topic on our show, I was really excited about. I was like, this is awesome. Like I respect them so much. And then they just shit all over our entire internet. They interview. didn't really shit
1: on it. It was actually, it just shows uh their range. I thought it was really weird their comments on it, because they first started saying, I found this really interesting. Intr- and I can use the. You might have the exact quotes. I think they started saying this was interesting, yeah, and then like, oh, they tried to say I was bored.
0: And then it was a, it turned into a nightmare of an interview. The it's the, like, the interview the was a nightmare. Is the hosts you. were nightmares. She didn't reveal anything, but then they went on for like literally fifteen minutes playing all of our clips about the stuff that apparently wasn't interesting to them. And I'm like, then why are you wasting fifteen minutes of your time talking about us if it was ho- so horrible for you?
1: Well, it was just hypocritical and it actually makes me wonder about any of their thoughts now. So you can't say something was so interesting and then just say, oh, it was so horrible and such a nightmare. Uh, and they're the only people that I got fucking feedback from, you know, it's just like, what are you talking about? Like now I don't respect anything you say because now I see that you're just hypocrites. I'm like, do you listen back to your own show? Did you listen to what you said? Because now as a listener, you can't respect anything they say because you don't it's not real it's not it's it's just there's just such hypocrites uh I guess they're a little bit nervous I think
0: there was just for me because I like their show or did like it was just kind of like hurtful like why why are you saying are you just being mean to be mean because we're in your same category like we don't we don't go out there and just like shit on everyone else's podcast interviews like why are they doing it
1: I, Cause why, buddy? Cause we're we're coming up. We're doing well. We're yeah, doing like, well.
0: Like, listen. Focus on yourself. I don't
1: get it. You would think, like, listen. They do more downloads than us, but you know they've been doing this a podcast longer than us. Congratulations. However, we uh, we're coming. We're doing well. We're just uh, two guys trying to make it happen. Whatever. Let's it, let's get to this
0: bodyguard. Listen. I'm, I'm let them talk about,
1: them. about the news. We will continue to make the news. Okay. All right. I like it. All right, All right. So that was good.
0: Uh, so we're going to get into talking about talking to this celeb bodyguard because he's. Before we get into that, Dax, tell me about a review. People. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me get a review. Lauren Sabinski. Uh, she hit me up. She said, I don't know how to leave comments on uh, the iTunes page. I have an Android. So can I just DM you my comment? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So here's her comment. She said, Hollywood Raw is my new favorite podcast. You guys get the best celeb stories and gossip that you can't get anywhere else. They've had some amazing interviews already, and I can't wait to see who they have on next. Thanks for giving me someone to look forward to, or something to look forward to every week as I stay home. I'm a stay-at-home mom during the pandemic. You guys are awesome. So Lauren, thank you. I appreciate thank it. Thank you,
1: Lauren. We appreciate you. You, uh, you are the vice president of our fan club, just like that. That's all you have to do is leave a review. Uh, thank you for supporting the number one uh, anti-Nazi celebrity podcast in the I country. Hate when you, you know, say that. If It's you, so weird. It sounds weird, but you know what? If, if you listen to Who Weekly, you're, you're pro-Nazi, and we're against Stop it. it. We are not. Stop.
0: Don't say that. Take it back. Take it back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. It makes no sense. Anyway, Dex. Tell us about our guest today. All right. So, our guest
0: today has worked on tours with the British Army, which then kind of transitioned him into a bodyguard for celebrities such as Bella Hadid, Rita Ora, Naomi Campbell, and so many more. And if you saw him, you'd probably be like, oh, this dude is Jason Statham's twin. So, uh, which has now led him to having a promising career as an actor, a model, a writer. Simon Newton, welcome
1: to the program. Simon, what's up, buddy? How are you doing? I'm good, man. You're looking good. Seems like someone's getting swol during this uh, pandemic.
2: Yeah, winter body.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're in Britain right now. Are you? What's the What's the vibe like there? Are you Are you able to work out at home? Are you like working out in a gym? You got to wear a mask, or what's the deal for you?
2: So it was It was a three month lockdown back in March, and then we had probably uh, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. And half of October. So we had five, we had nearly seven months of gym and then they've just locked us down again. So a month. So Same like, out
0: here, dude. I was like just getting back into the gym. I was all excited and then they're
2: like, yeah. Nope. And they took it right away again. Yeah, I'm back to working working out at home. But it's not too bad. I've got um I've got a couple of fitness shoots coming up next week actually, so I've just managed to stay where I am now to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you know, we're you know we're going to cover a lot in this in this interview. You know, you were you know you you just own a security company, you are a bodyguard, but now you're doubling down into the acting and modeling world. Uh, so it's you know you've had a crazy life. What you started out in the British Army. What made you get into the British Army?
2: Uh, when I was when I was a child, all I wanted to be was a soldier. I mean, it, it, the kids at school you had um, astronauts, fighter pilots, you know, brain surgeons, scientists. And all I ever wanted was to be a soldier, so I, I always thought that surely that's got to be achievable, you know. When I when I when I grow up, and that's all I ever really wanted to do. I don't know why, I, particularly. I, my my some of my family were in the army, not all of them. My my immediate parents weren't, anything to do with the military. So I'm not really sure why, but yeah, I just always wanted to do it.
0: How, how was it? What what was your experience like in the army? Was it everything you kind of imagined,
2: or or what? Um, it's pretty. It, it, it's everything I imagined and probably a little bit better. I, I, had a, I mean, I had a great time. I left yeah. the army really because of other stuff I had coming up. So I left because of that. But if it wasn't for that other stuff, which we'll probably get into shortly, um, I would have stayed in the army. I loved the army. I thought it was brilliant. The other
1: stuff being a bodyguard. So just, you know, we could see you over. How tall are you? How much do you weigh? How much can you bench? What you know, How tall are you right now?
2: So I'm 5'11", which is okay. not not massively tall but I'm not you know not, it's not super short neither um in terms of weight at the moment I'm 95 kilos which is quite small for me normally I'm over 100 but because I'm quite lean at the moment my body weight's come right down so I'm around 95 kilos with uh I
0: was like can okay, Adam can you do that conversion I, what, dude, what, I'm what just guessing that like 24
1: 225 <laughs> that's my guess but
2: it's almost it's almost double or something like that but um I have about a 30 inch waist and a 44 inch chest so I'm quite a Funny shape at the moment, um,
0: and like a hundred-inch biceps. I, I don't. For the people that aren't watching this video on YouTube and they're just listening to it, on, his
2: arms are massive. <laughs> He's
1: huge. <laughs> how much do you? How much do you bench?
2: Um, do you know what? I don't actually bench. I don't bench press. No. That question quite often, and I used to years ago, but now I don't. I don't lift heavy weights really. I can get to where I want to be you know, sort of like in appearance without going too heavy on the weight. So I'd I I never I never really lift I look like someone who does and, and quite often I pick up maybe ten kilo dumbbell. Man, good <laughs>
1: genetics, man. I uh I wish I had good <laughs> genetics. That's great, dude. So you're in the British Army, so how did you transition from the British Army into being a celebrity bodyguard?
2: Uh when I was in when I was in the army I did the right war in two thousand and three and uh, private security companies started operating out in Iraq at the time and a friend of mine was already working for one who previously left the military um and he said to me you know what what are you doing out here I saw oh, I'm still in the army and he said well why don't you come and work for us uh, the office was back in London in the UK uh, why don't you come and work for us in Iraq obviously it's private security the, the money is a bit better and the, the conditions and the, you know the stuff you get to do is a bit different um, and I thought about it at the time I was quite young and the money was quite appealing. And, um, and I I said yeah okay let, let's have a look at it and I, I called called their office sent them my CV uh, and they was happy to offer me a job but I had to leave the army I couldn't I could obviously couldn't do it whilst in the army so I, I left pretty much as soon as I could which I was kind of lucky but I managed to get out of within a few months really um, and then I went straight back out to Iraq as a sort of a private security consultant so that was my very first step into the, the security world really which obviously led on to the celebrity thing probably uh, not that many years later, Quite a few, a few years later. I did three years in Iraq, and then I went to Afghanistan for two years um, with, as a bodyguard for the British government. And wh- around the Afghanistan time is when I uh, come back to the UK on one of my four weeks off, and I looked after my first celebrity, who you may have heard of. Who was that? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael
0: Jackson was your first celebrity that you got to bodyguard for?
2: Yeah, he's my, he was my first one. November 2006, he come across for the World Music Awards. And that's, uh, I was home on leave, and I got asked if I would look after someone. They didn't tell me who it was. Um, I, I actually nearly said no to it, because I only had four weeks off. I thought, do I want to work two weeks or my four weeks off? And then I thought, well, I'm going to come back to London at some stage to be a bodyguard, so maybe it's a good idea to you know get some contacts and see what it's all about so I said yes to it and it wasn't until I turned up at the airport and was given sort of a brief impact of what was going on I found out who it was.
0: Well that, that's insane that's not that's not like just bodyguarding for just a regular celebrity that is pretty much one of the most famous people in the entire world where I've seen videos you know when he used to go out in public and it was just like swarms of people like talk about being thrust into like the craziest <laughs> situation what was it like?
2: It was a little bit of a steep learning curve. I mean, to be honest with you, it wasn't much different to a, the way we used to operate when we worked overseas. It was a lot safer job, but there was a lot more, um, a lot more crowd management. A lot of crowd management with him, like you said. You know, he'd get swamped all the time. We had about probably eight or nine taxis following us all the time. Where fans had hired out for the for the duration that he was there, just so they could jump in it and follow us all the time. And uh, you know, the the, the the accumulation of fans was huge. It was massive. Everywhere we went to the extent that sometimes you really had to decide if it was worth going somewhere because it wasn't always worth it. Too much hassle. Oh,
0: I just want to know, what was he like in person? Like, what was it like being around Michael when you get into the car and the doors close and the fans are outside? Is he is he just like, oh, thank goodness? Or is he just quiet? I, I just have to know. I'm so fascinated with, with Michael. Yeah,
2: it just depends... I mean he's not a lot different to anyone else in the fact that it depends what mood he's in. you know everybody has good days, bad days, maybe they get in the car excited, maybe they get in the car upset, maybe they're just normal, some days they want to talk, some days they don't want to talk um very softly spoken guy anyway doesn't didn't engage in loads of conversation i didn't have um I didn't have as much interaction with him as i, I have had with some of my other clients um just because there was always four or five of the security team anyway. Um, you wouldn't be it's almost impossible to be able to do that job on your own. Um so yeah, he he was he was very normal, he was very softly spoken, almost to the extent that you could argue, maybe a bit shy, ironically. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think shy getting in front of all those people singing, but yeah, I'd say a little bit shy.
1: Would he ever, like, when you're in a car with Michael Jackson, does he ever just sing to, like, the radio in the car? <laughs> like, that be just kind of cool. Like, all, you know, like, I would just test him and put, like, a little Michael Jackson in the car and see if he sings along, like, Billie Jean or just. Yeah,
2: uh, I don't remember having the radio on in the car. <laughs> a, lot the, a lot of the drives we did were very short and sweet, you know, very quick, small moves. So we probably didn't really sort of get too comfortable, if you like.
1: Yeah. So what do the fans try to do? You said they try to hide out. What exactly did you see with the fans, especially with someone like Michael Jackson? Because he's, like, He's like the pope of celebrities. So, what did you see the fans try to do, just to get seen, just to touch him and hug him, or you know, express their love for him? What would you see him do?
2: The, the hotels, uh, or the, the hotel at the time he was in, I think when he stayed in London, a number of hotels wouldn't take him because of his fan base, and it, it wasn't the fact that they were disrespectful as such, but just the sheer volume of them. You can imagine that, you know, it's like going to a festival with the mess which left behind after. Um, so some hotels didn't, didn't you know, like to take him because of that. But uh, on that particular occasion, we stayed at a hotel called The Hempel. I think it might not be around anymore, but um, we, we had barriers out the front. We had uh, UK police officers there um, 24 hours a day, you know, yellow jackets sort of keeping everybody back. Um, and, and generally, they were pretty good. The crowds were four or five deep, maybe at sort of the later hours at night. But in the daytime, it could be six or seven people deep. Um, and it's only on a normal street. It's not a particularly big street. This hotel, but when we moved in, or when we were moving the cars and getting ready to move, so people knew we were coming out. some you know, pushing, shoving. The barriers would get trodden down. The the police would get knocked over. Sometimes you know, it all it all turns into a little bit of a a controlled mess. I,
0: I find this whole thing so fascinating. I think it's just the the Michael craze is so wild. Uh you know, did he did he enjoy talking to his fans? I mean, I feel like he was such a fan pleaser, but like how do you please ten thousand fans sitting outside of your your hotel? You know, you can't really do too much.
2: I think he would have liked to have done a bit more than what he could have done. Um he he always didn't really talk too much because you try to keep the guy moving and get him into you know, out of the hotel into the car kind of as quick as possible. And although he did do the odd wave it wasn't particularly safe to have him standing still in one place for too long. But one thing he did do is he used to send someone to try and get maybe four or five gifts. And there's always people with gifts, you know, it sometimes could be hundreds of gifts, but we'd try and choose four or five. Cause again, realistically, we can't take them all. You'd need another van full of gifts every time you turn up somewhere. Um, yeah. so four or five and give them to him. And he would look through them. He generally would. He wouldn't just pretend he's taken them when we got to wherever we went. He, he always looked through them and, um, maybe recognised the reoccurring fan and, he did take time at looking. I'll give him. I'll give him his credit with that. He did always take time at looking through whatever. He- Where
1: you know when you become a bodyguard, um, is it hard because you have to? You know, sort. Of, I guess when you're a soldier too. So maybe you have this in your built in your system. But when you become a bodyguard, do you have to risk your life to risk? you know, you'd say, I'm willing to risk my life, like the Secret Service, I'm willing to risk my life for someone else's life. I mean, is that ideally what you're paid to do? Or is it just kind of make sure they're able to move around kind of in a in a in the manner they want to be? What what would you say the the job description is really?
2: Um, I mean, ultimately, how sort of dramatic you want to say the job can be will depend on who you're looking after, what the situation is, and where in the world. Obviously, that can change quite a lot. But I mean, yeah, I mean, without being too heroic about it, I guess that a bodyguard's job in principle is to um, to protect another person's life, whether that means you're given your own, ideally not, because if you you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you're given your own life, you're now no longer there to be able to protect the person. So it's not really the best idea anyway. Um, it's a bit of a cliche, the films, you see, particularly the film okay. The Bodyguard in front but you know never say never I'm sure there's plenty of guys out there who have dived maybe in between their client and maybe someone who's been wielding a knife and you know or whatever I'm sure it has happened um look at Kennedy all those years ago when he was assassinated in the back of the the, yeah Yeah, so and those guys you saw on that obviously it's a bit too late on that occasion but guys were climbing on the back trying to get to him and they would have covered him if they got to him in time they would have been covered and ultimately you could argue they would have been hit so it could happen, yeah, but I mean, it's not really something that goes through your mind that much as a sort of I'm a bodyguard. One day I'm likely to, you know, die for someone. It's kind of unlikely, almost. You could argue. Were you ever
0: covering Michael when his kids were with him? I'm curious how the situation changes when the kids are around. Yeah,
2: we have two. I can't. You know what? I can't remember who they were because at the time, even we didn't see them. They were all covered up, and I'm not so sure on the situation with them now. But back then, we were still in the era of covering up their faces all the time um so we did we had two but i really can't remember uh, i didn't even see their faces I, I haven't got a clue who they were to be honest
1: yeah We'd, uh, You know, it's crazy that with, you know, Michael Jackson was covering his face and his his kids were covering their face way before it became cool with the pandemic. So he was on to something, you know, <laughs> and I'm that makes no sense. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, that's so stupid. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, I want to know who else have you worked with? Because obviously Michael is, you know, the biggest star on the planet at, at that point. Who else have you
2: bodyguarded for? Um. So I've done quite a bit with the sort of world's top models, really. Um, Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner are probably the two uh, ones I'm most for, you know, being around um, a few years ago now. Um, I did quite a long time, all in London, but I did quite a long time with Bella in London, maybe three, four years. How
1: do you like how how does that work? How do you get like more jobs in that? Like who's the one who passes your name or your card around to get more bodyguard work?
2: Uh, it just depends. So sometimes it's done straight from uh, the modeling agency, maybe ask a guy who's already looking after one of the other girls and may, you know, do you know anyone else? Sometimes it's done like that. Sometimes it may go through a company. There's no, there's no, um, it doesn't seem to be any one direct route, to be honest. Um, it just depends on how people are booked. You know, you don't have to use a, you don't have to use a private security company and, and, and equally don't have to go direct to someone neither. It just depends on how people are booked, yeah. It's no, it's, it's difficult. People say to me, "How do you how do you get those jobs?" And to be honest, I, I kind of I can tell you, but that's how I got them. It doesn't mean to say that you're going to be able to, you know, you always work like that. Guys have guys have maybe it's so many different stories of how guys have picked up celebrity clients. That, you know, it's just it's no there's certainly no like website or. Someone you can get in touch with to put you on a celebrity bodyguard list. There isn't anything like that, really. A lot of it's reputation, I guess. And if you've done the right people, once you're in with celebrities, celebrities like there is a bit of a technique and a knack to looking after celebrities. There are things you have to think about that maybe you don't looking after other people. So once you've got a few on your CV, you are quite appealing to people who are looking for celebrities because they know you're sort of tried and tested. And problems with celebrities because of fan bases and moving them around, if you do get that wrong, it can be a bit embarrassing. If you've got paps and everything else out there. So they do kind of like people that uh, are tried and tested, if you like, in the celebrity world.
0: Yeah, I gotta imagine if you've got Michael Jackson on your resume though, everyone's like, Okay, he knows what he's doing. So and did I did I read that uh you worked for Naomi Campbell as well?
2: Yeah, did a little bit of, of Naomi, yeah, on and off, yeah, same thing. I mean obviously a different generation to the, the other girls I just mentioned. Um but yeah, I did a bit of Naomi. All all the same stuff, all modeling, all modeling stuff.
0: Now, do you feel like she gets a bad rap for her personality because everyone always talks about her being super diva-ish and crazy? I'm just curious, with someone who worked next to her, if you feel like that's just media portraying her like that, or if that's actually who she is.
2: Um, I would say she, Nah, no, she's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
1: respect that you actually took a second to really think <laughs> about it It wasn't like, no, she's great You're like, I respect you, it took you a second to think about it she's You know great. what, because
0: what I think back to is that infamous lawsuit Where, like, her assistant sued her for chucking the phone at her face And I just always wonder, like, what is she like behind closed doors? Like, are these stories real or are these people going after her because she's got a ton of money, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing of all, anything like that is, for me, I, I don't have to look after anyone I'm not I'm not sort of. Um, I don't sign a contract which says I have to be with anyone, you know. And obviously, I, I do choose. I, I do say no to people, um, and, and I do choose. I mean, obviously, I don't do it now. But back in, the, you know, back then, I did choose who I, who I decided to work with. And and if I chose wrong, and maybe a few days in, I thought, oh, do you know what? I can't. You know, maybe this isn't for me. I'd just say sorry, but I, you know, I can't do it. I've someone else. So I never really encountered anyone giving me problems or trouble because I just wouldn't, if I thought anyone was going to do that, you know, I wouldn't, because they are out there, those people are out there. not so much the celebrities, but, you know, you do get people you can look after, um, whether they're high net worth or CEOs or diplomats, politicians, whatever, you, you can get some difficult people, probably for no, you know, with no reason to be difficult, really. Um, so I'd just say no.
1: Yeah, I mean, but look, Naomi Campbell's smart. She's not going to throw a phone at you, dude, because, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm sure this assistant didn't look too strong. She throws a phone at you. It's like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, you're nuts. You don't get
2: many uh, stories. celebrities beating their bodyguards up. <laughs> yeah. You don't
1: see that story come out too often. If they did, that's not a good bodyguard. <laughs> uh, You worked with Bella Hadid. You know, I see her in New York City a lot, all the time, and I feel like she's, you know, she seems very cool. Like, she's just fun. She's chill. And I think mostly with her, it's more of an issue with, it's not even an issue, the only thing she really has to worry about, because she walked the streets, no one's there to really, I would say, hurt her, you know, it's more of just kind of controlling the situation. Um, but obviously, she's a big photo for the paparazzi. How do you deal with the paparazzi, you know, through your, your time over the years?
2: Um, I mean, in London, Bella used to get a lot of paparazzi because, because she doesn't live here and she's not here that much. You know when she is here, um, and you know a lot of the, the top top models are the same. When they are, it's appealing to the pap's because they get you know they get this work for them, so they are all sure. from the time from when the minute they land to when they take off. Um, but when you're working with these people, you do start seeing a pattern forming with the pap's. You do start seeing the same faces. You do start understanding maybe which ones are more difficult than others. Um, But in general can be a bit of a nuisance sometimes depending you know when you're moving around especially if you're on motorbikes and stuff you know i often think of the, the safety side of things because we don't want a road traffic accident with better in the car but we don't really want to be knocking driving over a pattern either you know sure right yeah way. yeah um so that has to be thought about sometimes because they can be slightly reckless at times if they think they're going to get a picture but you know i never really had any problems with them i think that the biggest thing is how you handle them if you come out as a big rough tough bodyguard and want to you know, give it all the attitude. Then they're, not, they're probably not going to help. If you if you come out nice and just ask if they'd mind moving back, and you know, so we can get a space to the car without having to sort of anyone getting in the way. nine times out of ten, they will, and they'll probably get a bit better picture if they do that. Because if they don't, there's a lot of pushing and shoving, and most of them don't get a picture anyway. So, it just depends how clever they are, really.
1: No, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, coming from mine as a my experience as a paparazzi doing it, it's like one of those things where you see a lot of the similar the same bodyguards a lot of times, and most of them are you know I'd say 99.9% of them are good guys. Like they're doing their job, you're doing your job, and I have always just like I, I'd rather even just tell us what the deal is, so it acts you know things will be a lot more calmer rather when they try to play the games and people are going to be on their toes a little bit. So it's like. You know I always say sometimes with from my experience it's like you know why I'm here I'm not there you know as a paparazzi I, I can't get too close because if you're too close you can't really get a good shot but the more you know the more distance you them, you're able to get a better shot and I always say like you know why I'm here you might not know why someone else is there maybe be more careful of them than us you know and the more transparent the bodyguard is to the paparazzi, the more calmer and easier the situation is like I've had experiences with paparazzi with uh, uh, bodyguards were. They're like, listen, we're coming out at 4.45. We're going to this place at 6.30, you know, and we're going to this place. So it doesn't get into a car chase because I've seen the car chases a lot, you know, and that happens. But I think, like you said, the more kind of you treat people just for respect, just like in anything you would do, the more kind of they're going to be core to you and help you out with your job. And it's like, hey, it's, it's it's it works both ways. You know, we're not trying to work against each other, trying to work for each other. However, you do have a job, you know, and sometimes I guess your client could say, I don't want to be photographed today. I'm not into it. And I guess maybe you could relay that message to the person, and say, listen, the paparazzi, and say, hey, listen, guys, she does he or she doesn't want to be shot this morning. But if you come back at tonight, they're totally down to, you know, they'll be more ready. And I think when you have that kind of a conversation, it's just kind of working to get together. Cause if the celebrity doesn't look good, that photograph or video is not going to sell. So everyone wants it to do well. No one wants to be No, everyone wants to sell a product and the people want to look good and be shown in a good light. So I think you have the right mentality of doing your job. What was the craziest thing you've seen paparazzi do over your years? Um, Do
2: you know what? Nothing particularly, nothing particularly bad. I mean, that's the other thing, like you said, you know. Quite often what I used to do is I used to ask, let's take Bella, for example, because she was papped pretty much all the time. I'd say to her, are you happy to be papped this morning? And if she said yes, yeah, sometimes I'd come out and say, right, we are coming out because you, you know we're coming out anyway.
1: Sure. You know, you,
2: even if we don't tell you where we're going, you're going to follow us. I can't stop six or eight motorbikes following us. So you're not achieve, it's not a secret. You're not achieving anything by not, you know, not letting people know certain things to try and keep it safer. So if she's happy to be papped... I would just come out and say, right, she's happy to be papped today, guys. If you can stand back a bit, also, we're also at the bottom of the step, so I'm going to hold her there for two or three seconds, so you can get a nice shot, and then we're going to get in the cut, and then you all get a nice clean picture. Sometimes it's not, they don't like it, but it, all the time because if there's 12 paps there, that means they've all kind of got the same clean shot, and it's the first to submit it in to get to get it get it in enough online. But they get a nice shot. But if you do that, and then another day I come out and say, we don't want to be packed today, please can you not just pack us? Please can you leave us alone and maybe come back this evening or whatever? Nine times out of ten, because you're working with them, they go, okay, that's fine, we'll, we'll leave it this morning. So uh, because I had that relationship with not all of them, you always get that one who still wants to, sure. doesn't care. But um, I, we never really got in any sort of you know they didn't do anything silly really sometimes they keep a bit overzealous on their motorbikes maybe zipping in and out between the cars and stuff but really it was it was fine it was fine in fact some of them used to protect her a little bit if people were barging and pushing they they used to get upset because they used to like her she used to you know give them good pictures and they were quite respectful and sometimes perhaps would even be moving people out of the way because they were sort of doing going over the top so it's, it swings around about but yeah, I never really had any problems with them in London. Really, none, none of them were that mad, if you like.
0: Did you ever have a moment that you were concerned for your own safety? Like, you got into a really big crowd, or you were trying to protect someone? And you're like, I don't feel safe now. We need to get out of here.
2: Um, yeah, look, a couple of times. Not not so much for my safety, but I was more worried about me being able to look after the person properly that I had with me. Um, and obviously, it is, it is me and one other. So if I if I can't look after myself I certainly can't look after myself and someone else so so
0: what was that moment when you uh, think
2: back I, I did something with it's all over google actually but I did something with Bella and uh, can't remember I can't remember the it was some sort of rally to do with um a country I can't remember the country so I don't want to say it and get it wrong but um a country she had some interest in at the time and she wanted to jump out the car and kind of be involved in this protest if you like oh which I could understand why she wanted to do it. Um, and it, in, in a way it was a good opportunity for her, but we was just leaving an event um, in a ball gown and a Rolls Royce. It wasn't really the time to be doing that. Um, a conversation went back and forth between me and her for a little bit. Um, and then in the end I just said, come on then, because that, that was the way it was going. Let's just do it. But I gave her like, I think it's two minutes of being in that crowd and we was coming out. Um, turned out it was it was okay, but it was very controlled. I didn't let go of her the whole time um when, when we did it. It was police officers there, but obviously we, we turned up unannounced. Even the police didn't know. We happened so quick and that was kind of my aim. Let's do it quick and leave. And it, it did work out, but given the choice would I have done that? No. And you know, but sometimes you don't always um you don't always get to do what you want to do and you just have to go with things. That's unfortunate that's the way it is.
1: You, you mentioned before, like, is that a, when you start the day with a, with a celebrity as a client, do you say to them, like, "Hey, listen, there's paparazzi outside," because you're sort of like, you know, it's not really. It's like there's like unwritten rules as being a bodyguard. Do I say to them, "Do you want to be photographed today? Do you not? Do you know what's, what are, what do you want me to say?" You know, you're sort of like the middle person between people like that. Not really the fans as much, but like, because they're actually kind of doing a job, but. You know is do you have is there any like unwritten rules as being a bodyguard, or like do you have to have that conversation with them before you start the day, like how they're feeling what you want to do?
2: No, there's not really. And that's why when you once you look start looking after celebrities, if you do it if you do it right, that's why others always want you because there isn't any rule book as such. So you're kind of expected to use use your own brain and work out what people might like, what's safe, what people don't like, what's a good idea, what's a bad idea. And when you look after one celebrity, in terms of um, a bodyguard's job, it is, they're all, I don't want to say they're all the same, but they're, they're close to, it's all the same sort of problems you face. So, um, but you do have to try. Sometimes you're lucky, you might get put on a job with another guy who's been there for 10 years already and you learn a bit off him. But normally a lot of it's common sense, to be honest. The biggest thing sure. with it is not go over the top, I find. If you go over the top, it can create problems. And I think s- certainly some guys, you know, Twice as wide as me and twice as tall, and sometimes it it can just get a bit bit too. And I'm not that big a guy, really. I, I look at, it at the moment I'm quite lean, but I'm really not that big a guy. I've never had to hit anyone in 17 years of being a bodyguard. You know, I've never got in a fight. I, I've I, working away. I carried firearms. That's a different story. But it's certainly in the UK. I've never had to. I've done everything by maybe a little bit of pushing and shoving, maybe identifying that something's going wrong quick, so I've managed to move us away before it's got to us, or talking you know, talking and just asking and saying maybe on an odd occasion a little bit of shouting. But yeah I uh, never need this physical.
0: If you could work with any celeb on the planet, who would be your like ideal celeb? Or I I guess you're over there, any royal family member that you would love to
2: work with? I'm just uh, Um Do you know what? I, I, I haven't got one and I'll tell you for why is because whoever I look after it's all the same to me now. It's a day's work. Uh, yeah You know, I'm really not. I'm really not (laughs) (laughs) bothered. But there's got to be someone out there.
0: You're like hanging with Prince William, and you're like, "This is kind of cool."
2: Out for a drink with, or going going to a party with, or something. Yeah, it's probably I could list a few. But so go and do a day's work with. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, I'm because when you work and you can't, you know, I'm just sure there's a number of actors I'd like to be around these days and talk to them and find out what's going on and you know, we now we've got in loads of different questions, but when you but you can't do all that anyway. When you're bodyguard, you just you keep your mouth shut and get on with your job, you know. So to be honest with you, yeah, it isn't really anyone, not really. I'm done.
1: Have you worked for in the past? Have you worked for any of the you know you said? Have you worked for any like? Because and I only ask this because I know New York. I know a lot of the drivers. And they're like, yeah, the celebrities are good, but it's a lot of work. You know, obviously the safety precaution because you have to do the paparazzi a lot of times chasing them. You don't know, you know, sometimes the people could be needy. But they say one of the best gigs is actually working for like the Saudis. They're like that Saudi money is insane. Have you had any like the princes or Saudi type people over the years?
2: In the, in London, there's a lot of that actually. I haven't done, I haven't done a little bit. My biggest one was the Dubai, Dubai All Family I did for two years when I first come back to London to work as a bodyguard. Um, and I worked, I worked for that family for two years. Um, and obviously it's a lot different to uh, celebrity protection because most of them aren't known. But the, the way you handle them can be slightly tougher sometimes, but it's, it's a good, solid bodyguard job, any sort of um, Middle Eastern world family. The is normally quite good. Not always, but normally quite good. Um, it's just a good, clean job but normally comes around every year as well so you know you're always going to get it
0: and, and tell me more like because you you have a, a company ascari secure is that am i correct saying it right so how many people do you
2: have working for you right now how many guards um, do you have Down slightly because of what's going on in the world some half the company is split between bodyguards and um residentials sort or of private residence security so that stuff wasn't too bad but we also do events which is obviously totally out the window at the moment um Hotels, five-star hotels in, in London's Mayfair and Park Lane, which again are closed at the moment. Um, so we've lost. We'll get it back, but we've, for now we've kind of closed half of the company, if you like, until things get better next year. Um, so we did a lot. We do a lot with a big company in the film industry as well. Um, again, and they've they've gone quiet at the moment. But I would say at the moment we've got around sixty. Wow,
0: it's a pretty big company you got going over there.
2: Yeah. It does go up. It
1: does go over 100. It hundred back to over 100 again next year. So we had uh, Steve Sanulis, who was uh, he did some bodyguard work for a bunch of celebrities, Leonardo DiCaprio. One of them being, one that actually made some of his stories was Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. We do a little bit of a thing called a speed round, where we kind of ask you some random fastball questions and you need to answer. Uh, you ready for this, brother? Let's go. So the first one, who was the nicest celebrity you worked with?
0: Bella. All right. Who was the, the moodiest celebrity you've ever worked with?
1: Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> who was up the latest hours?
2: Oh, uh, one I haven't mentioned I used to look after was Rita Ora. She used to like a party sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Who uh, who is the hardest worker?
2: Bella.
1: Okay. Who was the neediest celebrity?
2: Naomi.
0: <laughs> all right who is who is the the greatest person genuine just nice
2: what celebrity or just still celebrity yeah uh just just all around nice probably better
0: who was the the
2: biggest tipper oh Dubai buy family
0: what kind of tip would they leave on a, a meal
2: um i don't really know about meal but we used to get tips sometimes but it, do you know what it really depended on who, what, what? Because the, the family is huge, so it really depended on what, what part of the family you got, what you did for the tip, what you did for that family for, for that period of time. I mean, you, you can get anything from fifty pounds. I've heard stories of guys getting up to ten thousand pounds. You know, it just it, it just depends on what who it is and your relationship, I guess, with the person you're looking after.
1: Who is the worst tipper?
2: Um, well, celebrities don't tip at all, but then celebrities and don't always earn as much money as what people think so i, I kind of don't expect them to to tip
0: to it. what about when they're out to dinner and you see you kind of looking over
2: uh well when you you get if you if you go out for dinner if, if you can uh, quite often dinner's paid for and stuff you get to eat anything you know you get looked after um so i mean i've looked after a number of high net worth people um which can't really mention because we still take my company still case, takes care of them now. But I always look after. I always make sure the guys have got money for dinner. Always got money for lunch. Um, you know, you get a Christmas present at Christmas time. You always get looked after. They're always very. Uh, they like to make sure that you know if it's raining, they won't make you stand outside in the rain. They make sure you have got something. To go. They're always very accommodating sort of thing.
0: What's your most memorable story about Naomi Campbell?
2: Most memorable. Oh, uh, I, I remember most of them actually. <laughs> um, what's the one that sticks out in your brain? Uh, I, we went to we went to a concert in Hyde Park in London. Um I just remember it being hectic because it was all a bit last minute. Um and it's just uh when, when we was in there it wasn't really anyone's fault but because of the amount of people in Hyde Park when we was exiting we had a we had our car inside we, we drove straight in which was fine but on the way back out because there was like two thousand people leaving the same place, they put a no vehicle move ban on for like an hour or two hours, and they didn't tell us. So when we was ready to come out, sort of, and beat the rush, they said you can't go anywhere for two hours. So that was, caused a bit, caused me a bit of a problem. So we ended up um, walking out with everyone else, and and uh, ended up jumping a fence to get out. So that I always remember that. It wasn't really anyone's fault other than the fact they should have told us what the what the score was with it. But yeah.
0: And Naomi actually climbed the fence and jumped yeah, over. You yeah. have to like carry yeah. her over. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> 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 I would love to see that.
1: <laughs> My last question for this speed round is: Who went out of the way the most to make you feel like home, like you're a part of the team, that you're part of, like the family?
2: Um, probably Bella. I should think She's fitting quite well with, with with her and her lot
0: there. Yeah. Awesome. I think he, Bella seems like she must be just a really cool person based on your experience with her. She was just, um,
2: she was just genuine. She was just nice. You know, you couldn't really. I mean, she wasn't that. Old. Did you get to know Gigi at all? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I did, a, I did a few. I did a few trips with Gigi. Um, nothing. Nothing like I did with with Bella. But yeah, I did. I did meet Gigi a few times.
1: It's crazy that they've gotten to that level where they need security. I mean, it's good for you. But it's just like. It's insane, but it's there's such a you know a valuable photo for paparazzi, and 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 not necessarily there's there's usually very few times where it gets out of line because they're so professional about it and they're so good about it. They don't play games. They don't hide. They let them get their shots. So it's like it's a easy win for them. But it's just crazy they got to that point. Um, But you got some.
0: I got I got one more question that I just thought of, and the only reason I'm thinking about this is because with the election here in America. Um, there were a lot of rumors that uh, Donald Trump had a decoy for his wife out wandering around. They thought that Melania, there was like a, a stand-in basically for Melania. Have you ever worked with a celeb that had a decoy? So that like the decoy goes out one way and
2: then you guys go out the other way? No, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the most we ever do with that is if we ever want to leave somewhere, um, and we don't want people to know we're leaving, particularly perhaps if we're out fun. Sometimes we're, we're sending the car off um, and just say, so you know, maybe we're not going out now. It's, that's it. Job's finished. See you later, guys. And then we'll shoot out of the back in the taxi or jump in an Uber or something and go there. So we've to- kind of used the car as a decoy. But <laughs> In terms of a body double turning
1: up, no. <laughs> dude, I fell for that trick so many times. You have no idea. I, <laughs> yeah. So, dude, but now you're doing some really cool things. Obviously, you you transition your career. You're now working on the other side. You're, you know, you're an actor. You're you're writing stuff. You're modeling. How did that transition happen? You were just in a Guy Ritchie film. Uh, how did that come about?
2: Um- I've been doing film work since twenty ten. I I did a film called The Green Zone, which is a Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass film. We filmed it out in Morocco and at the time I was working still as a bodyguard in London and I signed up with an agency um which was it, it did a lot of military guys, sort of military film work and stuff. And uh, they they just called me and said, you know, do you want to work on a film on Monday? And I thought, well, I, I did the job I was on at the time actually finished on the Monday. So I thought, what is it? They said, well, you fly out to Morocco and it's six to eight weeks uh, playing a US Special Forces soldier. And I thought, well, I can, that's, that sounds good. I can do that. So I swapped my last day on this job with someone else and I flew out there and I did, it was nearly eight weeks in the end I did out there and I just, I had a good time. You know, it, it was, it was kind of like it was in Iraq without anything flying back at you. It, it, it was It was good fun. I enjoyed it. And I just thought, actually, I did enjoy it. I thought I could do more of this, I think. Um, When I come back from that, I kind of started to pursue it a little bit. Not massively because of time, but I did start to pursue it a bit. And I picked up since then, between 2010 and now, I guess. I did Sherlock Holmes as well, which was the guy which he won the second one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've done quite a lot for UK TV, BBC, ITV, Sky, um, just different business. But I get typecast a lot. Um, you know, soldier, gangster, prison inmate, prison officer, policeman. So I normally get the same sort of stuff, but I don't mind that. I, I'm more, right you know, I'm okay at doing that. So I, I was doing that for a while. Then um, I decided I wanted to sort of do the whole acting thing properly. Um, and I was actually uh, offered a part in a film this year out in LA, uh, which was I think it was Lawrence Fishburne was the lead actor in that and. I was offered quite a good I was offered two parts one was slightly stronger than the other and both very good parts and I thought you know I really want to go and go and do this this is a good chance for me to get on but then covid obviously um stopped that so it was cancelled uh, it, it it,
0: are they not even going to film it at this point or
2: yeah, it will get done what they've done at the moment I think I think they're actually filming something else because of as uh, a US visa problem for us so we can't even come over at the moment anyway so they are filming something where the other thing was, there's one of the other places for filming in that film was China as well, so obviously that's yeah, probably a place that we still can't go in a minute, but they started filming something which's purely in the States so they can contain it in that area due to COVID. But we will be looking at it next year, but why we've we done that, I've just been at Pyramid Studios for the last month doing an acting diploma just to sort of get more experience in stuff to be able to give myself a better chance to get bigger and bigger bit stuff, you know, bits and pieces next year.
0: And you did, you've done body double work too, right? You did. You were
2: yeah. Dave Bautista's body double. Yeah. Is that correct? Picture in in the movie Final Score. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I did that. It's filmed in in a place called West Ham in uh, in London, sort of uh, East London. Did you and enjoy I, that? Was that fun being a body double? That that was actually probably the the final straw that made me really realise that I wanted to be an actor because. You get treated exactly the same. You get everything's the same. I got everything Dave did. I got Dave's trailer. I got Dave's costume. I got Dave's makeup lady. You know, I had Dave's runner. I had Dave's everything. That's great. That. You know what I mean, so I thought I could. This is good. This is where if you're going to do film work, this is where you need to be. That's so cool. What was what was Dave like? I didn't meet him because I I only ever went when he wasn't there because that's why I was there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'd be like i'd be so curious to meet my body double i'd be like where is this guy i gotta meet this guy he's my body double and he's past you know i'd be so curious but you to be a 12
0: year old boy don't like don't lie
1: (laughs) i know yeah i'd be so shitty dude dax can you imagine like i want to see my body double and it's literally just a 12 year old boy or just like a nine-year-old girl like wait what like this is you're saying i have the same body as a nine-year-old girl
2: That's terrible and he using the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's true. But it's like you got a good look. You're like a mix of, you know, obviously like Jason Statham meets like um uh, uh what's his name? The singer, Robbie uh, the Robbie. what's the big one we've been wanting on the podcast? Robbie pocket? Williams? Robbie Williams. I feel like you got a little Robbie Williams in you, right?
2: Sorry.
1: I feel you're like a good looking Robbie Williams.
2: Oh yeah, if it's a good looking one, I'm all right with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're a good looking <laughs> Rob- <laughs> Yeah, you're like a good looking I'm not going to say you're a shitty rock. I'm not getting my ass kicked, dude. I'm not I'm not Naomi Campbell here, buddy. I, uh, yeah, but you got a good look going on. So, you know, obviously the pandemic has hit a lot of actors. What are you kind of doing with it? Like, how is it affecting your industry and your work as far as, you know, not just the security, but also more actually the acting and modeling and also the writing world?
2: Yeah, so I've taken the time. Um, I, wrote, I wrote a TV show this year, actually. It's, it's like a kind of a, a reality bodyguard TV show. Which is being pushed around at the moment, and it's like, it is a bit difficult at the moment because of obviously what the whole world's experiencing. But hopefully next year we can do something more of that. But I've I've tried, um, using the time this year. Like so, I've just done this acting diploma. I've got two fit. I do. I've done a a number of uh, men's fitness magazines, sort of, um, and I've got two shoots coming up uh, soon for. A bit more fitness content, so we've pushed the PR stuff this year. Done a few a few different podcasts, and we, we've done quite well in it. I think because actually lockdowns kind of helped that in 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 some respect. That people have been reading a bit more and listening a bit more to stuff. So we've really pushed the PR and um, kind of I've just tried getting the tools ready to be able to do something great next year, basically get the content and get, you know, get, get some stuff ready to be, and a lot of contacts. I made a lot of contacts with film directors this year and casting agents, um, which I've got a couple of meetings in January as well. I've, I've, I've just done a show reel, which I go out um, in five or six, just before Christmas to sort of show that um you know my acting ability if you like to directors and, and, and casting uh, directors so hopefully with all the content that i've created this year and i've built up my profile slightly bigger this year and the actor diploma and all the new uh images will be coming out from the fitness side hopefully next year um we'll start pitching it around january february probably so hopefully next year should be a good year
1: that's cool brother man well i wish you the best of luck you're a good guy thank you for uh for making us understand a little bit more of the bodyguard bodyguard world, you know, I we love we always talk to celebrities, but it's also cool to people to talk to people that are around them. That you know, and it's, it's a different, it's a great you got a, some great experiences from it, and uh, it's an interesting story. I'm excited to see uh, what's next for you, brother.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 quietly confident that next year should be good. As soon as the world sorts itself out a little bit more, hopefully in the new year, then uh, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of good irons in the fire next year, and they're all quite exciting, all good to all good to watch as well.
0: So if, if for our listeners that can't see you and they want to go see you, what is your Instagram handle?
2: Uh, so you can find me at simon.newton. So it's quite, it's quite simple. It's just my name of a document, simon.newton, and you'll, you'll see me on there. And you can pretty much, you'll be able to follow me. Um, anything I've mentioned I might be doing, it should all come up on there. So you can see roughly if I, if I uh, make it or I don't make it.
1: That's <laughs> oh, awesome like brother Well dude Simon keep up the awesome work Hopefully uh, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing you soon And try to get some bodyguard uh, work out in New York So you can help me out with some tips alright buddy it's, <laughs> no, <just kidding.
2: laughs> no worries thanks for, thanks for asking us on
1: Dude I wish I had an accent
0: <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is So <laughs> his audio came in before his video and I was like, we got fucking Russell Brand on this thing?
1: Like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's crazy like he's, he's a very I uh, he's a good-looking dude. I could I can admit he's a good-looking guy and it's like if you're a celebrity dating another celebrity like, wow, my bodyguard's better looking than the guy I'm dating. Like that, <laughs> there's a lot of potential with him being, you know, rep- working with you that you could possibly fall for him. Like a Rita Ora. It's like Rita Ora, based on the guys you dated, he'd be a good catch
0: for you. Oh, it's so funny. You could tell um you know, I love I love when we talk to bodyguards. It's so fun just to hear yeah. the kind of inside world. And I think he was really smart about it because you know he's still doing it. He's still in the game, so he was yeah. very calculated with the way he would answer stuff. I got I got the impression that there are some really good Naomi Campbell stories under under there. Sure, but he wasn't dishing on him.
1: No, listen, I get it. I get it. And you, she's one of those people that you don't want to. F- kind of mess with because she'll just kind of come back at you with a phone uh you know like it doesn't just end there like it just kind of gets gross and gross (laughs) Yeah. um but listen i've met a lot of these bodyguards i've worked with them a lot and he's got the right mentality of it it's like the more cooler you are to just people the cooler they're going to be with you like we're we're all trying to work obviously he needs to do what's best for his client or what his client wants it's not for him and it doesn't he doesn't have an ego and a lot of times when you deal with some of these bigger people especially with publicists and bodyguards sometimes there could be ego involved luckily for Simon there's no egos so he's just a good dude just you know doing his job and you know the the more transparent you are with the paparazzi at least or even the fans the more calmer everyone will be because no one's gonna be all nervous and kind of run around frantic it's just more of a relaxed situation um, because they know what they're getting you know if you said hey I'm, we're gonna come in out at 445 rather than play the games with the, them People are going to be on edge. It's going to things make things a lot crazier. Um, people can ha- kind of back up. Every It will work out better for everyone. And again, he's not trying to be the bad guy. He's just trying to go home at the end of the day and just trying to make it easy for everyone. But most importantly, the person who's paying his salary, which is the client. So
0: I also feel, though, when we talk to people like this, I feel so lazy. He's like, oh, I'm running a company with 100 bodyguards, and I'm an actor, and I'm doing all these other things. I'm like, how do you have the time to do all of this? I, I barely know. have time to brush my teeth in the morning, and I'm like, woo, got that done.
1: I woke up at 10 a.m. How do you think I feel, <laughs> buddy? I'm like, what do you? <laughs> I woke up at 10 because I had to for this. So uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for this, I'd kind of keep going. But uh, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. We got a lot of good guests coming up. Really cool things coming for 2021. Thank you to the herd team. They're they're awesome. Uh, uh, Pat, thank you, brother. Uh, uh, listen to some of other podcasts. You can find me at, at Glenn G-L-Y-N. You can find Dax Holt at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. Follow the podcast on Hollywood Raw Pod on IG. We're on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. We're on it all. And we'll see you guys